Hello, today is day 74 of the Daily New Testament second quarter, and we are going over Acts 27. When it was decided that we would sail for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to the centurion named Julius, who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. We boarded a ship from Adermidium, about to sail for the ports along the coast of the province of Asia, and we were put out to sea. Uh, Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. The next day we landed at Sidon, and Julius, in kindness to Paul, allowed him to go to his friends so that they may provide for his needs. From there we put out to sea again and passed to the lee of Cyprus because of the winds were against us. When we had sailed across the open sea off the coast of Sicily and Pamphylia, we landed at Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy and put us on board. We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving off Sindus. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the Lee of Crete, opposite uh, Solomon. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Havens near the town of Lycia. Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because Now it was after the fast. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous, and I am bringing great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind hurricane force called the Northeasterlies swept down from the island. The ship caught up by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed the lee of a small island called Kata, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When the men had hoisted it aboard, they passed ropes under the ship itself and on the uh, to hold. Wait, under the ship itself to hold it together. Fearing that it would run aground on the sandbars of Cyprus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before and said, Men, 
You should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves the damage and the loss. But now I urge you to keep your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of the Lord, who I am, whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some islands. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea, when about midnight the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found that it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion, You cannot, uh, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldier cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it fall. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, they have been in constant suspense and have gone without food and haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there was 276 aboard. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain in the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but saw a bay with a sandy beach, where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they let them go in the sea, and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. When they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach, but the ship struck the sandbar and ran aground. The bows struck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by pounding on the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get on planks or on pieces of the ship in a way in this way everyone would reach land safely father there is a lot in this story to unpack thank you for uh for this great example um you you showed paul what his future was in store for him so that he could warn the people and give them a chance to listen to him, to listen to what you had to say. So I ask that uh, as we live our life and as we are following your will, that you give us uh, 
visions, dreams, that you speak to us uh, in our prayer time and uh, so that we would be able to know what plans are ahead of us and that we would, when we have those visions or dreams or or hear you speaking to us, that we, we listen to it and that we have faith that it's you speaking to us and that we act on it. And if it's something you want us to share, that we share it with others. And if we're on the receiving end of it, where someone has heard something from God and they're coming to us to share, that we wouldn't blow them off like the centurion did, but he'd eat their warning and listen and uh, go to you in prayer about it and ask if if what they say is true. Um, Because your word says that... um, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and understanding, and that if uh, we submit all our ways to you, you will make our path straight. And part of making path straight is you showing us what to do. Part of it is uh, us coming to you and, and asking, you know, if what we had seen or what we had heard from others, if those are things that you want us to um to listen with. Also, you gave Paul favor. You gave him favor with people that were in charge there. Um, it said that, you know, as they traveled to the different places, he was allowed to go and meet his friends because of this centurion. And, uh, you know, to let them provide for his needs. And it also said that, you know, that he listened to him about with uh, cutting the life raft. And he listened to him, or he he wanted all the prisoners to get to, to land safely so that he could protect Paul's life. I thank you for people like that centurion. And I... Uh, I thank you for the people that have have throughout history and 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 also here in this story in the Bible had been a source of your favor to others and I thank you for people who do it now and who are going to c- continue to do it in the future. I ask that you bless them and that uh if they know you that it draws them closer to you, and if they don't know you, that their their uh, their obedience and listening to you and giving favor to your people draws them into knowing you and having a relationship with you. But I thank you for those people, and I ask that you surround us with those people so that whatever situation we're in, that uh, we would have your favor and we would have your support. Um, Many times it does come from fellow brothers and sisters in in Christ, but sometimes you use the non-believers to to help us. It's you are a great mystery, God, and I don't understand it often, but um, I thank you for it. I thank you for Paul's faith and for his bravery 
to to not worry throughout all this. I mean, that would be pretty scary to be in a ship that where you had to tie it together because you were afraid it was going to fall apart and being in a storm where you couldn't see anything. And not only being in it for a short bit, but being in it for days on end. Um, I can't even fathom it. But I thank you that he had courage and he had your peace, Jesus, and and faith in you. So I ask that we would have faith in you and that we would have your, your peace and trust that you are with us in those situations and trust that what you have showed us is true and trustworthy and that you are trustworthy and that we can stay in you. And uh, and I ask that you strengthen us so that we would be a a source of hope to those with us, you know, stuck on that ship. And also, another interesting thing is they did so many things to protect the ship and so many things that they... Um, Well, Paul had mentioned, said, if you had listened to me, you know, not only all this would have happened, but, you know, the ship would have been safe and you wouldn't have lost your your profits of, of all of your, um, of all the cargo that they had on board. And it's kind of like saying, uh, God gave you an opportunity to trust him and listen to him. And he would have taken what what you had and made it more valuable than what it was by trusting him. But because you didn't trust in him, this trial's going to come and it's going to take what you had put your trust in instead and use it against you and take what you have away from you. But being very gracious and letting you survive it so that you can see his grace and see his love. Um, what he who has received much will receive even more, and he who has received little or what little he has will be taken from him. Um, as it scriptures, I believe in Mark, uh, talking about the, what the kingdom of heaven is like. So help us recognize that. Help us recognize when you are speaking to us and help us to recognize what we are putting our trust in that's outside of you. You know, if there is something we're putting our trust in that is not you, um, you know, I, as, as for me, man, I don't want it. Let it be dashed against the rocks. Uh, I'd rather have my trust in you. Um, but it would be, you know, if I had a choice, I would, I would rather know in advance that I'm putting my trust in the wrong place so that I have the chance to repent and then not have to have all that stuff dashed against the rocks and let, he, let you grow it and use it for your kingdom, you know, that way. That's much easier. I would, I'd prefer to go that route, but I understand that, uh, I am, I have been very stubborn many times and I've had to have 
it dashed against the rock. So either way, you know, the important thing is that I have my trust in you. And I ask that you you show us that and you you use these shipwrecks, these storms to draw us closer to you and our trust in you. And uh, I ask all this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Have a great day.